The Start On Demand. On demand. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on location on this Friday morning. No Brett McGarry today. No Brett. He's having a nice day off. So but you a- know what? He's missing out because our location's pretty sweet. Man, we are looking out at uh, beautiful Bridgewater Forest, Bridgewater Lakes. I don't even know even know what neighborhood we're in. We're, we're in the Bridgewaters. We're, we're lucky we found our way here. It is a little, you know what, I come home this way every day, Yeah. And so I know the Keniston route, but then once I veer off it in the south end of Winnipeg, if you dropped me off here today and left me here, I don't know if I'd find my way home. Well, 30, uh, 368 Willow Creek Road, it is one of the grand prize options in the Tri-Hospital Dream Lottery. Loren and I will be here all morning, straight through until 10 o'clock, and we may even do something to entice you to come down and say hi, so keep tuned for that. It's Blue Bomber Game Day. Our coverage gets underway at 5.30 this evening, 7.30 kickoff, and we've got tickets to give away. We've got tickets for Strike the Musical, debuting at Rainbow Stage June 19th, just for last comedy night in Canada, hosted by our friend Rick Mercer. Very excited about that, and uh, all sorts of other conversations to be had, including an historic night in Toronto. Oh, what are they trying to say? The, the second half of that was better. We the North? We the North at the back end. I like that chant. But the starting off with we can do it. <laughs> Is that what they were saying? I think so. Well, they did it to the Toronto Raptors over the Golden State Warriors. 118 to 109. The Raptors were up 10 points at the half and, in fact, ended up winning by 11. So a one-game to nothing lead for the Raptors in the first ever NBA Finals, as they call it, plural. I don't know why. We'll get to the bottom of that eventually. That's a good point. The NBA Finals the in NBA. Toronto, first ever game of its sort in Canada. So congratulations to the Raptors. I was excited to wake up and see that. Like I didn't stay up to watch it. If it gets to that you know, final game, I think I would. But uh, I, I, I get the passion that they're feeling and the excitement they're feeling because it's been a long time without any championship in this country. So it kind of feels good to have that. I don't like that chant. I want them to stop saying we can do it. That's the kind of thing we do in our house, you know, like with like like a I think I can, I think I can, like a train, like the choo-choo train going up the hill. Or if your kids are like trying something new, like you can do it. You, you're six. So yeah, that's I, I think that's what they do at Home Depot and what we used to do at the Olive Garden before shift. We used to call it an alley rally. You can do really? it. Really? And you would you can shout? Do you no. Can do, oh. No. I would, I would mouth the words. See, even at... The restaurant level, they're not using that chance. They're not using that chance. Toronto, up your game. Your game on the court is pretty darn good, but your off-court and your chant game is a little bit less than spectacular. So pick it up, will you? Hey, a guy who is uh, uh, one of the favorite people in Canada, I think it's safe to say, Alex Trebek, yesterday revelation that he's doing super well we'll play a report for you in just a few minutes but pancreatic cancer typically we just said this yesterday and i've known and lost people to pancreatic cancer it's a terrible terrible disease and and it's often felt like when you get that diagnosis that the time frame is really short and that in theory the feeling out there is a perception at least is that it it is very much a, a death sentence, and he's defying some odds, but I think it sounds like science is also in research, and all the rest is, is doing its part to help him through here. Sort of our theme of Absolutely. the day as we celebrate Tri-Hospital Dream Lottery, and today is one of those deadlines where we want you to get your tickets before midnight tonight. It's the Dream 
bonus deadline. I mean, to win period would be a dream. So we have to add another, like an extra mm-hmm. dream, dream for it. you to contemplate to, to entice you to buy tickets. We're not above or below bribery. I mean, I, I mean, let's face it. We want you to come down here. We we're going to you- get you to come down here and then we're going to give something away. And then when you get here, while you're here, you could buy a ticket or two. Over a million patients a year between St. Boniface Hospital, HSC, and Children's Hospital. That's basically the equivalent of Manitoba's population, 1.3 million. Uh, There is some regional reach for all those hospitals in terms of Northwest Ontario, Nunavut, and other parts of the country. But the, the lottery funds generated here stay here to increase and and improve patient care and also to fund research groundbreaking world-changing research that's taking place here in winnipeg so uh, if you're looking for an excuse to support these outstanding institutions and as my grammy used to stay make good better best may the good better best never let it rest till the good get better and the better best i'm going to task you with that at 8 845 you're going to yes. try that one more one more time oh, it's been a long week yeah but we're having a great time it's greg mackling along with loren McNabb, brett mcgarry taking the day off today and also later on in our program we are going to find out about ocd obsessive compulsive disorder launching a peer support group for ages 12 to 7. We've heard that terminology quite a bit, Loren, this idea of peer support. goes a long way in helping people through their issues. Absolutely, because we also have been hearing this week about mental health uh, issues, bringing more people to hospitals, and uh, the, the strain that the system is already under and not having enough resources. And so the more we're all aware, if we have a friend living with any sort of uh, mental health disorder, same, same way I want to learn if someone came to me and said they had a diagnosis for say MS or something else, you'd want to learn about it so you could help them through it. Well, there's, this is the same kind of idea in the sense of what, it, what are we talking about when we're talking about OCD? How can you help with it? The myths, the perceptions, and also I think some of the stereotypes that go with it. It's important to get rid of those and, and understand what we're talking about. It is Blue Bomber game day. Not the uh, funny what difference 12 hours I know. will make. Well, it would have been too hot to sit in those stands yesterday. Fair but enough. It's cool today. I mean, we, the boys had baseball last night. Oh, yeah, we had it, soccer. It was, whew. Oh, I enjoyed it. I, lo- I love when it's hot, but it's uh, even better when it cools down overnight. And we'll tell you after 7 o'clock that uh, the MLCC, we spoke and discussed this ad nauseum over the uh, better part of the fall and into the beginning of the winter. All the thefts that were taking place at uh, liquor stores around Winnipeg in particular. It wasn't limited to Winnipeg, but a strategy was put in place. We'll tell you how that's turning out. And 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 only eight weeks since they put in the strategy and by all accounts already having a huge impact. Fantastic. And we'll also talk about a UK study about <laughs> toilets. Have you ever been to a concert or a hockey game? Where the lineup for the women's washroom every is thirteen times longer than the every concert and hockey game, the women's lineup is way longer. And there's a bunch of us, I'm sure, who can admit to just using the male facilities oh, if no one's it. there because you're just it's forget it. This is annoying. We'll tell you about Alex Trebek and how he's doing on the other side of weather. It's Mackling, McNabb, and no McGarry. It's the start on six eighty CJOB. Happy Friday. Mackling and McNabb with you, McGarry, taking a Friday, well-deserved Friday, off on this Tri-Hospital Dream Lottery Dream Bonus Deadline. We are at 368 Willow Creek Road. That is in Bridgewater Lakes. Mm-hmm. 
the Bridgewaters. Yeah, just very south of the city. It has Route a great 90. garage for you, Greg. I just did a little tour downstairs. You know, the garage could fit your cars. Yeah. And then all your stuff that's in the garage mm-hmm. could fit in this giant storage room that's in the basement. Yeah, well, it's one of seven grand prize <laughs> options, including $1.2 million cash. And uh, if you get your tickets by midnight tonight, you're in on the $51,000 Dream Bonus. You'll be hearing about that all day today on 680 CJOB. And, Loren, to start this half hour, we want to visit with a young man who has, well, unfortunately, received the services of the hospitals in question today and the lottery, which these hospitals support. Received them, and I would say thankful for them. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We're happy to have with us Matthew LeFerrier and his wife Jennifer who's sitting uh, with us on this beautiful, I think a leather, are we on a leather couch? It seems leather. It's leather. It's white. It's dangerous it's, for me so I'm not too happy gorgeous. about that. But Matthew, uh, it's it's fascinating to me because I was just saying how old are you and you're 31 yep. but your journey began with heart failure at what age? Uh, well it started with bone marrow failure at oh, wow. 19. So what were the first signs to you that you were doing um, something unusual? I was, I was tired. I was getting head rushes. I was having trouble climbing stairs. Um, I thought maybe it was just because I was young and making some poor drinking decisions sure. and partying too much. And uh, But it turned out to be a lot more than that. <laughs> and so at this stage, um, you're thinking to yourself, okay, something's wrong, but you're also 19. And so you don't yeah. know. You're not thinking yeah, and, serious, you probably. You know, and I'm young and I'm healthy, or I thought I was healthy, and I'm invincible, and I didn't uh, want to go see a doctor unless I absolutely had to, and it, it took me a while, but when I decided to go, it, we found out very quickly that my blood levels were just not what they needed what they needed to be to be healthy, um, and then from there, it went through a diagnosis process, and I ended up spending a lot of time over in cancer care at Health Science Center. Um and going eventually, I, I went through um, an immunosuppressive uh, therapy treatment, um, which worked for a while. And then I relapsed um, in 2014, had a bone marrow transplant, and things looked like they were going really well until um, I developed kidney failure. And that's kind of where I started getting St. Boniface uh, helping me out because I, I ended up on peritoneal dialysis. Um, which I can fortunately do from my house, but I do it every single night. Uh, so it uh, it takes up a lot of my time. And, and again, things seem to be going pretty well. There was talk of kidney transplant at that point. Uh, and then I ended up crashing and ended up in, in the ICU at St. Boniface. And I had had heart failure. Well, I so skipped a whole just... uh, decade there. So it was bone marrow yep. and then your kidney failure yep. and then heart failure That's all right. before you're 30. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> that puts a few things. Perspective. You look great yes. right now as you're Whoa. sitting here. And I feel all right today. You know, and you're holding your wife's hand. It's it's very romantic as you and oh, Jennifer wow. sit on the couch here. Um, you know, outside of the support of family and and those around you, talk about the support that you received at the hospitals because uh, it, it's ama- It's always amazing to me when I interview and, and get to visit with people like you. Is this idea of gratefulness for the for the care and, and services they've received. Yeah, I mean, I would not be here without a doubt without both the Health Science Center and St. Boniface Hospital. Um, you know, Health Science Center and Cancer Care, they they saved my life when I would not have continued living without a bone marrow transplant. Um, eventually, I would have just kind of faded away. I wouldn't have had enough blood to keep going. And then when my kidneys failed, they put me on treatment so that I could keep going. And then 
when my heart failed, I was in the ICU for a month almost, and um, there were some pretty pretty sketchy moments where I didn't look like maybe I was going to pull through. But I, you know, they they worked really hard. There were some there were some really good doctors who were there nonstop, and the nurses, and even even you know the uh, the orderlies that that are there. They just they're all working together to make sure that your spirits stay up and as well as your health. Well, that was what I was going to ask next, because I think, you know, there's the, there's the pain and the medicine that you need and the treatment, but then there's what's going on in your head and what's going on in your family yeah. and your relationship and the stress of, of trying to fight for your life, the, the impact that can just have on your family. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, there are some days where it can, if you stop and think about, you know, everything you're going through or how sick you are, it can really weigh you down um, and it can get really hard to do just the, the daily things that you need to do to keep your house functioning properly, uh, to keep your relationship healthy. And um, the, the people at the hospitals, they, they do tend, they, they go out of their way to make sure that you're in good spirits when you're in the hospital. But every time I'm at, a, at an appointment with a doctor, they always, you know, bring up, you know, just in case... If you want to, if you need anyone to talk to, we've we've still have the services available, and and we can put in a request if you want to talk to someone. And and I've used some of those services over uh, through Cancer Care, just mainly because I had I have a longer history with with uh, the Health Science Center Cancer Care. But uh, um, I was offered the same offer from uh, from the Heart Clinic when I was there. Uh, you know, because they, they can tell when, especially when they're seeing you so frequently, they can tell when you're having a bad day. And they say, well, it oh. becomes a relationship, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. And they they're... become almost extended family is, the, is yeah. the story that I hear. And I know from my experience in the NICU that, that that's exactly what happens. Yeah. They see you. They know your face. They know if you look a little worse today than you did, even if they haven't seen you in a month or so, they, you know, they've got a picture of you in their head. Matthew, terrific to meet you. Terrific to meet you as well, Jennifer. And this is the sort of life-changing health care you support by buying a ticket in the Tri-Hospital Dream Lottery. It makes sure the practitioners have all the latest technology, everything at their disposal that you would want them to have if you were Matthew, if you were in Matthew's position. And you can uh, just help ensure that our medical system is is doing all the things that we would want it to do. Governments can only do so much, and this is where you can jump in. Tryhospitaldream.com to get your tickets and to see all the grand prize options. Loren McNabb and Greg Mackling at 368 Willow Creek Road. This is one of those grand prize options. And, uh, you know, Loren, we spoke about Alex Trebek mm-hmm. early, earlier in the show. Sounds like Matthew got, got the, the same sort of care, and his story is similar to one of the most famous people in the world. That's encouraging. To and when, me. In the sense that too, that your history is you're 31 and you've lived through all this. So your experience now going forward is I, I can't wait to meet you again in 10 years and see yeah, where it's you're a at. Lot of life experience. Hopefully the sure. medical stuff will be done and we'll be on to all, all yeah. the next phase of life. <laughs> right? Thanks again, Matthew. Thank you, Jennifer. Glenn McNabb, no McGarry on this Friday morning, Brett, Golfing, I think, today. No? Of course it's windy today. On the day, the one day he gets to get out there right? and hit the Picture links. perfect yesterday. Uh, not a bad night for football. It will be a little bit windy, but uh, nice cool temperatures for folks in the stands and for the players themselves. And we have tickets to give away. 
Loren and I are at one of the grand prize options in the Tri Hospital Dream Lottery, Bridgewater Trails. What what are you pointing at? No, I'm just I don't know, I'm making swinging my finger. Oh, I thought you wanted to make a point. You were pointing at me. Three sixty eight Willow Creek Road. If you go to trihospitaldream.com, there's a map on how to get here. You're going to need it. You're going to need it because we want you to come down here. We've got a pair of bomber tickets to give away. In fact, we've got several. So the next three people that show up at 368 Willow Creek Road will get tickets to tonight's Blue Bomber game. We have them here. So come on down and say hi. And when we say go onto the website and look at the map, it's because if you Google map it, you're going to end up in the vacant lot that you and I stopped at this morning for a couple minutes. Exactly. And in fact, uh, I suggested you might land smack dab in the middle of a lake you could which is good for fishing mm-hmm. not which, for bomber tickets though. not for bomber tickets but it might be good for strike tickets cgob's presentation of strike the musical rainbow stage june 19th what does strike have to do with fishing winnipeg gold ice they signed their first local player in almost a decade the other day ryan johnson is his name he made his debut and i just gave away the answer but i've got a i've got a backup question <laughs> How many strikeouts? How many strikeouts? I just threw my own trivia question. How many strikeouts did Ryan Johnson throw in his debut with the Winnipeg Gold Eyes two nights ago? I just want people to understand. While we're in the commercial break, Greg McLean says to Forte, the answer to this question will be Ryan. I don't have the answer now. I don't have the answer. Well, we'll get it to you. We'll get it to you. We have have the means to uh, get it to you. I'll get it to you right away, Jeff. I can't believe I gave away my own. It's going to be a long day. Oh, my gosh. So the answer is not Ryan Johnson. The answer is not Ryan Johnson. The answer is how many strikeouts did he throw in his debut with the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. Now, we were talking about potty etiquette and the uh, the whole uh, potty parody question in the UK, and we got a ton of text messages about that, including one, and I hadn't thought about this, uh, the idea of the family washroom and how prevalent they've become in public areas. And I know with the boys, they were a godsend. Well, you had twins. To have, right? So to try to get that, to try to get them into a washroom at a young age or even changing diapers, all that kind of thing. Forget yes. It. And even myself with two young boys, they're handy because you just, everybody squeezes in and you, you get things done. And of course, we're talking about the idea that there's never enough women washrooms compared to men. And, uh, that had Jeff Forche telling the story in the last, segment about uh, how he's even found himself in that situation and had to use the public facilities if you catch my drift yeah those are not that that, that's just against the law well that prompted uh tim one of our loyal listeners to write in to mr forte and say (laughs) directly directly to jeff to say it reminded him of the time that uh, their friend's garage was basically the gathering place in the neighborhood. They had the fridge and the TV and the bathroom, and I'm putting that in quotes, was between the garage and the neighbor's fence. So they were also using the public facilities. Well, the neighbor's wife comes over to talk to my buddy's wife one day and asks if they have indoor plumbing. And she said, yeah, three bathrooms. Well, the neighbor's wife says, can you please tell your husband and his friends then to stop peeing by the fence because her five-year-old son has now taken up the habit. Uh Uh-huh. So is this a a brazen disrespect for public etiquette and for your neighbors when when you do stuff like this? Can they see you? I don't know. Well, maybe they can uh, start this hour after an unprecedented rash of brazen thefts from Liquor Marts in 2018 and early 2019. Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries says its enhanced security measures are starting to pay off. Wayne Harrison with Liquor and Lotteries joined Richard and Julie on the news yesterday afternoon with the good news. 
Yes, well, we wanted to make sure we uh, followed up and updated on uh, some of the measures that we've put into place and some of the results we're having. And yeah, the uh, you know we're encouraged by the uh, initial results. Uh, eight weeks into the campaign, uh, we're still fine-tuning and adding pieces of it, but uh, the results today have been encouraging, but we're certainly not where we want to be. How much of a difference, how have you been able to reduce theft here by the numbers? Well, by the numbers, uh, we've got a 23% reduction uh, in theft and robbery incidents um, comparing a period of eight weeks prior to the March 21st announcement and eight weeks post. We've also seen a 55% reduction in our shrinkage. It's the cost of mental liquor lotteries due to due to thefts uh, within the stores. And there's also been a 20% increase in arrests by the Winnipeg Police Service for, you know, a lot of them are the older incidents that we're finally managing to catch up on and, and people are being arrested for. So all in all, there's, uh, you know, there's there's been a multi-pronged approach, but I think certainly uh, the media deserve some of the credit here and that they got the word out to the public that actions were being taken. And I think uh, uh, that's had a powerful deterrent effect as well. You undertook a number of different initiatives to attack the problem, some including having police officers in stores, adding special devices to bottles. Can you point to one measure over another saying, okay, where we had a police officer in the store, those reductions were greater than in stores where we just went with anti-theft measures alone? Well, you know, it's it's difficult because we're tr- piling them at different times in different stores to to pinpoint exactly. Obviously, you know, uh, you'd have to assume that having a police officer in a store is obviously going to be a tremendous deterrent effect, or or it should be. Uh, but you know, the the media campaign that's that's been going on, the public view monitors in the stores, there's it seems to be a constant reminder just about every store you go in that there's some type of anti-theft strategy in place in that store. And I think the combination of seeing it plus the uh, plus the, number, the reporting that's being done on it and hopefully this story, people will, will recognize that there are results uh, being obtained. That's Wayne Harrison with Liquor and Lotteries. And we also heard Global News uh, spoke to uh, Peter Hack, the uh, president of Manitoba Liquor and Lotteries, Loren, and he told, uh, told uh, us that uh, bottle locks, video displays, that police present that uh, we just heard Wayne discuss and the creation of a loss prevention team has had a huge effect. These initiatives have led to, we like numbers, a 23% reduction in theft and robberies. Here's a quote. While these are still early results, we are cautiously optimistic they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, and I think from here the takeaway is that they're going in the right direction at a very early stage and also the idea greg that not all these stores have the initiatives in place yet right it's been a it's been a phased approach right. the rollout and and we had textures also listeners writing in to say that they've still been to stores and they've seen the thefts happening so it hasn't solved the problem but it's working on the problem which i think is really key for them hack also told us that 55 percent uh, MLL is reporting a 55% reduction in what they call shrinkage, the cost to liquor marts due to stolen bottles. <laughs> playing with your phone. I was playing with my phone and I'm supposed to be doing the weather. I was that, like, oh, this sounds like the weather segment. That is the weather segment. You know segment. what, people? It's going to be a decent day, a little windy. We already gave the weather. 368 Willow <laughs> Creek Road. She's McNabb. I'm Mackling. McGarry is uh, spending the day, hopefully, on the golf course. We have three pairs of tickets to give away for tonight's Blue Bomber game. 368 Willow Creek Road. Try HospitalDreamLottery.com. Get the map here. Do not use your GPS. It'll, it'll take you to the middle of the lake. It will not take you to IG Field, and it will not 
take you to a movie theater, but perhaps Brett McGarry's Brettertainment will take you there. Rodin. Ghidorah. Mothra. How many of these things are there? They're everywhere. It's comforting. What do all of those names have in common? They're all monsters who have tried to take on Godzilla, King of the Monsters. That's the big one this weekend, the follow-up to 2014's Godzilla, which was a solid rendition that for the first time brought the traditional look of Godzilla to a fully CG-realized monster. His enemies in that one, though, were new and didn't have cool names. Now they're all here. Rodan, Mothra, King Ghidorah, and more. We need a giant monster on our side. My God, Zilla. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's bring him in for a beer. It doesn't have the best Rotten Tomatoes rating, but if you like seeing big monsters go smashy, smashy, this looks like the movie for you. Also new this week, we go from one larger-than-life character to another who's probably even more larger-than-life, and he's a real guy. It's the Elton John biopic, Rocket Man. So how does a fat boy from nowhere get to be a soul man? I'm thinking of changing my name to Elton. But that's my name. Yeah, I know. Elton John is played by Taron Egerton from the Kingsman movies, and it looks a lot like Bohemian Rhapsody. And oddly enough, it's directed by Dexter Fletcher, who finished Bohemian Rhapsody after Brian Singer was fired. This movie's getting great reviews. There's Oscar buzz already for Edgerton, and this could end up being a big hit, too. You could be the best-selling artist in America if you desire. I was trying to do something bold. Why are you still something flashy? Can you even play the piano in those? Let them know who you are. And just don't kill yourself with drugs. That's what's new with the movies. I'm Brett McGarry from the Couch Potatoes on 680 CJOB. Of course, it's going to be sunny on Sunday. It's right there in the name. Sunny be. Sunday? Sunny Sunday. Give us back our degree, Mother Nature. We want it back. <laughs> $1.1 million, and that number continues to grow. The 2019 Breast Cancer Pledge ride i'm gonna try that again breast cancer pledge ride coming up june 2nd that's this sunday a sunny day according to our forecast assiniboia downs and uh we've got one of the organizers here georgette paradoski jazz joins us back at the mothership good morning georgette <laughs> good morning guys we come all the way down to cjob and i don't even get to see you what the heck <laughs> oh, is going no. on it's lonely over here <laughs> well hey uh it's not going to be lonely lonely on sunday what have you got going on and uh boy you've been doing this for a while yeah um this is the 18th annual breast cancer pledge ride i started this probably 19 20 years ago with a discussion in the garage and it's blossomed from there. So you're right. We raised over a million dollars so far and counting. Um, on Sunday, uh, you come on down to the Downs. Registrations from 8.30 to 11.30. You ride from the Downs to Stonewall, then Winnipeg Beach, where you close, they close down Main Street for us. And we have live music, Sturgis-style parking, all kinds of different things going on. And then you ride back to the Downs. 
What is Sturgis style parking? <laughs> so basically, you close down the street and you park on the sides and down the middle. Oh, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. It's a giant motorcycle show. So this is uh, the fact that this is on wheels and it yeah. is a fundraiser that involves two wheels and motorcycles. Uh, th- there's a, a definite tie in terms of what you're raising money for and the cause here. That's right. Yeah. Um, we've raised money for, we always raise money for Cancer Care Manitoba Foundation. So some of the projects that we funded in the past were vans to transport the mobile mammography units. Also a mobile mammography unit, uh, digital recording service, like all kinds of different things that actually really kind of um, help with early detection, help with uh, treatment and, and just helping out people. Well, Georgette, they help with early detection, but, you know, I grew up in a small town, too, and these mobile units are key for people in rural areas who may not be able to get to the main centers to do the things that they want to do to, to, to be proactive with their bodies. And if you didn't have those units going around offering things like mammographies, some people might just not get it done, which means they might miss that early cancer diagnosis. Absolutely. So the unit um, travels everywhere that there's a highway. And then when you get to the end of the highway, sometimes what they'll do is they'll fly people into that location. So instead of you taking, you know, a weekend and coming into the city, that cost of that, what you do is you fly into a smaller area or you, the unit comes to you. You're not taking time away from your job, your family, things like that. You're getting that testing earlier, which makes, makes more sense. Georgette, uh, one of the things that makes uh, support difficult and, and advocacy is sometimes when you hear the word cancer, you hear nothing else afterwards. That's and right. another one of the incredible initiatives that you've funded over the years is something that uh, I became aware of oh, about a decade ago. Yeah. This is um, this is using technology in order to uh, extend your support system because you can't always have your entire family in the room when you get a treatment plan or when you get that diagnosis. Tell us about uh, these recordings that your the money that you're raising is supporting. Um, yeah, a couple of years ago, I went to a lecture where they were talking about this um, this program that, or this uh, project that they funded where very important meetings were recorded and you actually left the office with a digital recording. So therefore, if you have a family member that's maybe in Vancouver or wherever, or you couldn't, they couldn't make it down to that, um, that appointment to hear the diagnosis, the treatment plan, you actually just plugged it into your computer and you listened to it. So it's very important because you're right. As soon as you hear the word cancer, everything else just goes gray. Yeah, there's noise. a white noise, yeah. I imagine, for people, and you hear that all the time. Yeah. Then, then that can lead to confusion or making the wrong choices Absolutely. because you didn't hear things right. Absolutely. So, for example, in my mother's case, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. She had her surgery, and she thought, well, you know, I'm fine. I don't need anybody to come with me to my appointment. So she went to the appointment by herself, and then she was told, yes, you need this treatment, this drug therapy, and uh, when she got home, I asked her about it. And she's like, yeah, they told me I have to go for radiation and chemo. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me about it. She couldn't tell me. Right. So it was a big step to try and get, you know, all the different people on board so I could get permission to ask the questions. And then what questions do I ask? I don't know. So um, this digital recording service will give you exactly what they've said. So it's this type of tumor. Um, this is your drug therapy. For my mom, she looked at a piece of paper and she said, oh, well, I'll pick the one that says 18 years life expectancy. It's the longest one. 
And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything to anybody else. So it was a little bit of research, but we figured it out. And I think that this uh, recording service that we have funded in the past is a great step towards helping everybody. This Georgette, yeah. we're running out of time. Oh, and, and, no, that's okay. And But the, one of the challenges of not being in studio with yeah. you, is, and how can people talk? Uh, find out more? I wanted to talk to you about this year's initiative, uh, but we just ran out of yeah, time. How sorry. can people find out about it and get involved? Okay, so breastcancerpledride.com. What we really need you guys to do is come down. Um, we need you to register. Come on down to the ride. Raise money. So donate, donate. Register, participate, let's have fun. Cinnaboyne Downs, Stonewall, Winnipeg Beach, and back to the Downs, you can't miss this ride. It is fantastic. What's the website, Georgette? Breastcancerpledride.com. Georgette, always great to get some time with you, uh, and congratulations. I know it's going to be another successful year. Georgette Paradoski-Jass joining us back at the Mothership. 9.35, Friday morning. Do we start? Uh, do we consider this the start of the weekend, McNabb? Oh, I do. The weekend is on. It is on like Donkey <laughs> Kong, and actually, the sun is starting to break through. As uh, well, we're used to kind of being in a bunker with yeah. very little access I to the I can't outside. See from my seat in the CGOB That's studios, true. I don't have a clue what it looks like outside ever. Now, you used the term uh, basement earlier. I call this lower. Living space. Well, it's not because it's a walkout. It's so a walkout. It's, it's We've a got two-story on the back. Kind oh, of thing. big, beautiful windows. We're out looking at the lake. We are in one of the grand prize options for the St. Boniface Hospital, Health Sciences Center, Children's Hospital Foundation Research, Tri Hospital Dream Lottery. It's the Dream Lottery bonus tonight, midnight. Get your tickets, tryhospitaldream.com or here at 368 Willow Creek Road. And uh, that is in Bridgewater Trails, the Bridgewater neighborhoods off Route 90 in the south part of the city. And our next guest did an incredible job of getting down here to come and visit us here in the home, as have multiple guests done today. We've got a little bit of a theme going on today, talking about getting better wellness, awareness of not only uh, treatments, research, Mm -hmm. but how uh, those that deal with something can help others that are dealing with that same thing. I think you introduced that perfectly. Uh, with us, we have Diane Lambert-Shack. She's the executive director of the Obsessive Compulsive Disorder Center. And uh, you had made a joke when you got here. I said, oh, my gosh, you made it. And you said, well, I'm, I, I have OCD tendencies, and so I'm going to, I'm going to double and triple check how to, how to do it. And, and we laugh about those things, but they're pretty serious, right? They are very serious. I mean, OCD is really a misunderstood mental health illness. It's often seen as, oh, it's the Howie Mandel disease, because Howie Mandel wrote two books, and he publicly disclosed that he has obsessive compulsive disorder and his is particular with contamination so there's different right, varieties. He don't shake hands he, he don't shake hands right. just the fist bump yeah and so it's prominent with uh, contamination is one of the most popular but there's um hit and run ocd which is a harm related ocd where you're fearful of injuring someone when you're driving so you'll go around the parking lot 25 times after you park at Safeway, and you'll walk around it. You'll check under your car to make sure when you were backing in the stall, you didn't hit anybody. You'll cross an intersection and doubt whether you, did you really cross that intersection without interfering with anybody's safety crossing the road? So it's a very, um, it's a very complex disease based upon obsessions 
and compulsion. I, I wonder because I think it's also, and it's because of what I hear sometimes out there are jokes made in films or TVs or movies, the idea that the um, that OCD is the kind of got the stereotype attached to it, right? Like I might yeah. I might come into the house and check the stove five times to make sure exactly. I've shut it off yeah. or circle the block and go back and be like, oh, I didn't close the garage door. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. But uh, but then we make a joke. Oh, it's just, oh, you're so OCD, Yeah. right? And I think it falls into this category where we decide it's not that serious. No. And it's, it's very common for people to be, you know, you'll want to check the door and you'll want it, but you don't do it where it takes you 20 minutes it's not to leave. It's not consuming. Where you're not doing it 55 times we've had people check the stove so far that they were locked into their home because they couldn't leave because they feared that the stove was still on and they couldn't leave to go to work they would call in sick I started work at OCD Center Manitoba and I walked into the front vestibule and I was waiting to be let in because I didn't have a key and the young woman standing there going for a um, a group program uh, was telling me she said oh what are you here for and I said starting with OCD she goes oh well I have OCD and I said, oh, really? And she goes, yeah. I was locked in my house for three days. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, because I couldn't leave the house because I didn't fear the stove was on. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I couldn't go to work. I had to call in sick. Finally, I called one of my coworkers from work and said, come with me. And you have to check with me. And we'll walk out together and we'll lock the door. Diane, and that's how she got out. Diane, tell us about FACES and how you interact with, with other organizations, sort of a, a group effort, fair to say? It's a group effort. FACES is located at 4 Fort Street, the corner of Fort Nassiniboine, and that complex was started um, with four key organizations, all facing mental health issues. And the aim was to provide peer support. And we have the Anxiety Disorders Association in Manitoba, We have Mood Disorders Association of uh, Manitoba, and we have the Manitoba Schizophrenia Society, and ourselves, OCD Manitoba. And we all work together um, in raising awareness that it's okay to talk about your mental health. It's good to get peer support. Yes, you're going to see your psychologist, your psychiatrist, but when you're on that waiting list to get in, and you're anxious, and you have OCD, and you're washing your hands 55 times, draining the hot water tank every morning, you can't get out, your spouse is frustrated, where do you go? So you go to a center called FACES, and you get the help you need. You visit anxiety, you go through anxiety support, peer support. You go to OCD Center Manitoba, you get OCD peer support. You're talking about sitting in a room with like-minded people exactly. and saying, like, look, I, my doctor's giving me these following tips, yep. but what do you, no, no different than if I'm trying to get fit again, I would say to somebody, what's been your secrets? Exactly. How did you do it? You all share your secrets about what your um, road to recovery is. And when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes over at Children's Hospital, um, I had a peer support group. So I've been living with type 1 diabetes for years, but I had a peer support group. So with OCD and with any mental health illness, talking about it is key and learning from your peers. But in a setting where it's not just around the kitchen table, it's in a room with two facilitators that are trained, either clinically in psychology or life experience. And so they can provide the guidance because once you're in that group and you're sharing all your information, for example, on OCD, it might be a trigger point for someone and cause them to, you know, maybe feel uncomfortable. You mentioned, uh, and I like the idea of tying it back to exercise and the fact that sometimes 
people will say it's easier to exercise if you get an exercise buddy have mm -hmm. somebody that can hold you counter accountable yeah. and to yeah. and to you can lean on one another this is a similar idea but there's also some mentorship there potentially and we talk about that with regards to entrepreneurship there are very 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 few people who achieve great things in life without a mentor and peer support is a lot like mentorship it definitely is it's a and it was even diagnosed uh discovered by the uh, province when they did their study into mental health issues in Manitoba, they did a Virgo report and they said that peer support is key and that we need to establish more peer support because at the hospital setting, when you walk into McEwen, for example, they're starting their 1.6 million campaign uh, for the renewal of the McEwen Centre, you get that treatment but in a group environment, a large group environment, where a peer group through FACES is a smaller environment. 10 people, 12 people, 5 people, sitting around a table once a month talking. And it's really that that guidance. So that worked for you. That workbook was really good for you. And you share those ideas and you move forward. I mean, it's it's talking. You have to talk to yourself. We talked about the need for having, and you mentioned the Virgo report, which had mm -hmm. countless recommendations, really, in terms of how we need to do better for our mental health system. The peer support is key, but it's also, I think, uh, uh, addressing the issue amongst youth and yeah. kids uh, of today and we know there's huge gaps in the system when it comes to helping our next generation get through all the mental health issues that we perhaps weren't ready to talk about but yeah. now we're trying to right so first of all just before we get there how many how many Manitobans do we know might be impacted by OCD do we have uh, statistics we, on that we don't really have that statistic I don't have it with me but I know I can tell you that in Canada there's roughly 1.2 million kids and youth that have a mental health problem or illness but less than 20% of them are getting the help that they need. Boy. So regardless whether it's OCD or anxiety exactly. or depression, and, and it doesn't we matter, we're not group, getting to them. Yeah, we need to group it all together. I mean, I'm here to talk about OCD and what it is, but I mean, I speak of the whole population of mental health. And the, where the shortfall really lies is with um, children and youth. OCD can develop as early as eight years old. And in the school system, the principals and the guidance counselors and the teachers will see it. Um, and there's a shortfall because they have to wait to see a clinical psychologist. They wait to get into the pediatrician to get the diagnosis, to even move to the next step, to either get a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and then to maybe go into the Manitoba Adolescent Treatment Center, uh, you know, to get further further supports. And we're at OCD looking at a new way of doing um, peer support for youth, 12 to 17, um, where they're done virtually with avatars. Oh, wow. So it's not going to be in a person group because logistically they don't like to come out with their mom and dad driving them, you know. Well, and I mean, uh, talk about taking advantage of something that, that can be viewed, viewed as evil and technology. But it's where, if that's where kids are today. Yeah. And well, they're... you have to work there and we also know, sorry, Loren, I just had a train yeah. of thought here. We know that kids are saying inappropriate things because they feel comfortable. Yeah, behind, in a text service or right, social media or whatever right, they're doing, Snapchat. The, 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 they're yep. staying, saying and doing things that we would never imagine doing as kids. And, and most people don't do face-to-face, -face, but they're comfortable on text. There is an advantage of that sort of anonymity for young people and the security that they get from being hiding behind a screen or a keyboard. Yeah, and we had a Brandon University um, psych nursing students come in with us and sit down with one of our facil lead facilitators, Spencer, and they researched across Canada, the UK, um, 
they talked to Sunnybrook Hospital um, on different issues of dealing with peer support for youth. And what do we use? And they found that an anonymous environment with an avatar figure that you create in a secure space that where nobody can find out who you are and what you're doing, you know, is really we'll key. help them through it. Yep. Well, this is fascinating stuff. Great work, Diane. How can people uh, connect with your organization? People can connect with us um, by ringing us at 942 3331. 942 3331. Yep. And uh, OCD Centre Manitoba, 4th Street. And we're always looking for third party events. Got to do that fundraising side um, to help us uh, lead our peer support groups and open new ones. It's not Yvonne Lambert. It is. Dion Lambert. Dion Lambert, yeah. Uh, Shaq, and she's executive director of OCDC. And uh, I had to get the Yvonne Lambert uh, yeah. reference yeah. for all the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, so, I know. No relation. No relation? She's oh, heard it before, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She knows that one. <laughs> Thank you, Diane. Great Thank to you meet you. Very and thanks much. for making the effort to come and see us. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.